And today's reading comes from Acts 27, verse 27 to 37, the shipwreck. About midnight on the 14th night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 foot deep. But a little later they measured again and found it was only 90 foot deep. At this rate they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to pull out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke up a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board. We're going to be thinking about that passage in Acts that I talked to the children about and that Mary read for us. But what I want to do really is link, link this passage and this story of Paul and the shipwreck. I want to link it to the communion table where we'll be taking bread and wine a bit later to remember Jesus. The Apostle Paul was on board a ship as a prisoner uh, under Roman guard and as you know from the, from the reading, a, a severe storm hit uh, the, the boat on the water and it was a storm that lasted many days. Uh, and it was interesting because there was such a mixture of people on board that ship. I think it's fascinating. You've got, you've got the Roman guards, you know, these were the, the ones, you know, you know they, they were part of the power of Rome, you know, they were the tough guys. Uh, and they, they were in charge, they had a huge amount of power within that vessel. Uh, you then had the sailors, you know, they were just doing their job, you know, they, they had a skill. They could sail these boats, they knew how to get to places, they had experience. They were trying to you know, earn a living on their, aboard their ships uh, to, to, to you know, put food on their plate. And then you had the prisoners, you know, some of them maybe they had done something wrong and uh, they knew that they were in trouble. Others like Paul hadn't done anything wrong, but because somebody had, you know, the people had been trying to get Paul into trouble, he found himself in a really difficult situation where he had done nothing wrong, uh, but there he was feeling enslaved and trapped. But Paul was somewhat different. He stood out on this boat because Paul had a mission. Paul had a God who he, he knew was with him. He had a message from God about Jesus that he knew God wanted him to share with the world. Uh, and that really changed things on board that ship when the storm hit. Um, we're told that the people began to panic on board the boat, which you would. Uh, they were very afraid. There are points in the, if you read the whole chapter, there are points where some of those on board, the soldiers, were tempted to just think of their own safety. They were going to sneak off on one of the lifeboats and just leave the rest to just perish. Paul actually stopped them, because sometimes we do that, don't we? When we're under pressure, we start, instead of, we start to just think of ourselves, you know, self-preservation and never mind anyone else and what happens to them. Paul stopped them and said that God has said, no, they all have to remain together. It's often like that, isn't it, when life hits us with something difficult, 
you know, actually, sometimes we, we think, oh, it's just up to me now. I've just got to... Actually, we need each other at those times more than ever. So Paul encouraged them to stay. Um, we're told at one point they began to lose hope. In many ways, I, I think that's even more tragic than the physical difficulties of being on a boat in a storm. You know, they began to get to the point where actually they thought, we're not going to make it. There's, there's no way we're going to... We're going to survive this. And they began to lose hope. And actually we're told it was at that very point that Paul stood up and gave them a message uh, from God. He told them uh, to take courage, he said, take heart. Uh, He told them to just keep going because God had told them, God had told him that they would make it. That they would get to land. The boat might be lost, but that they would get to land. And then he did something. He broke bread with them, we're told. Now I want to just, um, uh, I want you to look at verses, if you've got your Bibles, uh, look at, uh, so it's Acts 27, if you look at verses 35 and 36, because these, the, these are the verses that I really want us to think about today, so it's Acts 27 and it's verses 35 and 36, I'm just going to read them for you, after, so he says, I urge you to take some food, verse 34, you need it to survive, not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Well, that would be a nice message for me. I, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I but yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then he said this, verse 35, after he said this, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God in front of all of them. Then he broke it and began to eat and they were all encouraged and they ate some food themselves. There were 276 on board and when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. Now when Luke, we think Luke wrote the book of Acts, when he wrote verse 35, I believe he was deliberately using the sort of written formula for when people meet and take the Lord's Supper. Uh, I don't know if you, you probably know many of you, but basically whenever the New Testament describes Christians gathering around the Lord's table to take bread and wine, uh, it goes back to the words of Jesus when he did that with his disciples for the first time, and it says he took bread he gave thanks, he broke it, and they gave and they ate. Uh, and often, as the New Testament goes on, you'll see the same sort of four things, the same sort of formula of words. They took bread, they gave thanks to God, they broke it, and they ate. And I think Luke is deliberately doing that here as well. On board this ship that was in trouble, he tells us that Paul took bread, he gave thanks to God so that they could all see and hear, then he broke the bread and began to eat, and then they all let with him. There's another link to communion as well, by the way, because um, verse 27, we're told, and, and usually when the Bible tells you a specific thing like it was on the 14th night, there's usually there's a reason, there's some sort of significance to that. So we're told in verse 27 here, it was the 14th night while they were being driven across the sea that this happened. Uh, I don't know if you know, but the background for the communion meal that Christians have is Passover in the Old Testament. Do you know what night of the month the Passover was taken? Have a guess. The 14th night, yes. So I I think possibly there's a link there as well. Luke wants us to link that back to the 14th night when the Israelites used to take their Passover meal, which now Jesus transformed for us into our communion meal. So I, I think personally that Luke is doing that deliberately. He wants us to think about this this scary situation of this boat that's just falling apart, they're losing hope, and then there's a Christian in the middle of it all, 
And he basically like does a sort of communion. He says, look, here's bread. Give thanks to God. I break it and I want to share it with you. And I think, you know, I, I find that fascinating. That The Lord's Supper is, of course, a uniquely special meal. It is what we call a sacrament, meaning it's sacred. There is a holiness about this table and what it represents. The bread represents the body of Jesus, the wine, his blood when he died for us. There is something uniquely special about that meal. But it's just as true, isn't it, that the things on this table, bread and wine, and even the act of just eating some bread and drinking, they're very ordinary everyday activities. Every day we have to eat and drink. So although it's an extremely precious and important meal for us as Christians, what we're actually doing is every day. It's part of life, isn't it? We eat bread and we need a drink to survive. And I think that's part of the blessing of this meal Jesus has given us, actually. It's, it's kind of like the ordinary bread gets joined to the divine, as this bread in particular tells us about Jesus. The everyday becomes sacred in a way, doesn't it? And I think while we've got to, of course, maintain the, the holiness of this communion meal, it would be a great shame if the way that we do communion obscures the very down-to-earth, real-life nature of what we're doing here, eating and drinking together around a table. And it's that very everyday activity that Jesus chose to be present in to say something to us. Now, I think that reminds us, you know, because I think, you know, think about them on that boat, and Paul breaks bread in a very similar way. You know, we go through all sorts in life. Think about all those different people on that ship with Paul when he broke bread with them. Think about all the different people in this building. Think about all the different people in this community. I was really grateful that Steve was able to put the Ukrainian translation up on the screen. There are at least three Ukrainian families locally uh, who've had to resettle here, and it's really tough for them. You know, think about all the people in our community who are going through very, very real experiences. And one thing that church must not become is a sort of, oh, let's just escape and switch off from reality for a minute and pretend it's all. No, church is about real life. Jesus came to, into real life. You know, he didn't, Jesus didn't walk around in a sort of bubble and everything was lovely for him. You know, he ended up on a cross. That's one thing this meal reminds us. And I think for us, this table invites us, wherever we're at in life, whatever we're going through, whatever baggage you are bringing to God as you come to church, this table kind of says, well, yeah, this table's down to earth. It's bread. It's, it's wine. It's here that we meet with God and meet with Jesus Christ. And I think Acts 27 gives us just a really powerful example of that. You know, this, this incredibly messy, scary experience that they were going through. And yet Paul is able to stand as a Christian in the middle of it all and just show them in this bread that was broken something of God's grace we can be like that as churches in our communities too. So, so you know, we're used, we're used to hearing those words, took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and they all ate. We're used to hearing that, aren't we, in the sort of security and quietness and celebration of church. But on the boat in Acts 27, Paul's doing it in the middle. There must have been a crashing noise. There must have been water everywhere, winds blowing, the boat all over the place. And yet, Paul stands and says, I take bread, and I'm going to give thanks, I'm going to break it, and I want you to eat with me. 
You know, the meal that expresses what our faith is about, Jesus dying on a cross, you know, let's make sure we know that this isn't just about our peace and tranquility in church on Sunday. This is actually showing us that Christ has come into the very depths of our experience, even a cross, so that we can find God in the midst of our troubled lives often, and certainly within the midst of this world with all its commotions. So as Christians, let's remember that this meal is a wonderful gift to remind us of that. Uh, we come to God, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, you don't have to feel like you're, you're all sorted to come to the Lord's table. You don't need to feel like everything's going well. I mean, when is it all going well anyway? Jesus, like those disciples in the upper room, full of their confusion and misunderstanding and worries, like Paul with those people on the boat, soldiers, sailors, prisoners, Jesus invites us to take the bread and remember that God is there with us in the middle of it. Christ even died on the cross to save us from our sins. And that's why I think I actually think the Lord's table is one of the most precious and powerful symbols and realities. It's not just a symbol, it's a reality of what Jesus Christ has done for us here in the world.